Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Mike. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And that, my friends, is America. Make no mistake about it. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. And if you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, download free in the App Store, the T-H-E, C.L. Bryant Show. And all of the shows are archived there. And be sure to listen wherever you go um 12 to 2 in the east daily you can tune us in right here over the flagship station red state red state talk radio the most popular talk platform in the nation and i want to thank loving liberty as well as liberty roundtable for inviting us into their family as well absolutely awesome in fact um i'll be talking to you folks there in utah Real, real uh, soon. Already in Colorado, might as well spread on over to another absolutely gorgeous state, and that is Utah. Well, folks, um, (laughs) you know, we talked a little bit about the IO caucus the other day. And now, uh, you know, of course, it's in the history books. And as the president said, he is the only one that can claim victory. In Iowa. <laughs> it, it is so funny. It, it is almost, let me, let me tell you something. I, I've, you know, all of you know that I'm a believer. I'm a person of faith. I believe in almighty God and his son, my savior, Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. My wife and I are uh, going through uh, certain uh, things with her um, health. And our faith is even stronger now than it has ever been. And um, so need your prayers just the same. But I was saying this about the Iowa caucus. And before I get off on the rabbit trail there uh, about uh, that, it's, and that's this. I see the divine hand of God moving in this situation. Now, it's just me. I've got my preacher hat on always. And, uh, you know, that's what I do. That's really who I am. I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel. That's really what I do. And um, the good news of America and the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, go hand in hand. There's no question about it. And so everything that the president has attempted on from the the onset the onslaught has always been resistance by the democrats and many republicans never trumpers many of them uh were re- resisting you know 
And um, it seems as though in spite of the resistance, have you noticed this? Have you noticed this? That in spite of the resistance, you are seeing brilliant inroads to success in just three years. That's what has happened under this administration, with this administration, in the face of, in the face of pushback in the way that it has occurred. I uh, just posted something a couple of hours ago at Rev, R-E-V, at Rev, C-L, Bryant. I just posted something a few hours ago. And um, <laughs> it says that the deep state was, um, whispered, the deep state whispered to President Trump, we don't think that you can withstand the storm. The president whispered back to the deep state, I am the storm. And friends, that's real. That is real. Trump has been the type of storm that they, first of all, could not have expected the magnitude of it. And then they could not have expected how devastating the effect, magnetism, pull of his personality would have on progressive socialist media. (laughs) His personality is designed to set them off. I actually, I'm telling you that I see the hand of God moving in the way it moves. And it, it seems as though he takes those things that uh, are seemingly f- silly, foolish, unsuspecting. And he uses them to confound those who would consider themselves to be wise and prudent. Oh, yeah. Those who are called deplorables, uh, smelly Walmart shoppers. It's amazing how those little things are confounding. The clean washed, well healed elitist. It's confounding them. They don't know how it works. Well, let me uh, give them a, a little lesson on how this works. This is how it works. When you take into account the opening words of our founding documents, which contain these words, we the people, then you must take into account the masses of who that is meant to speak to. The numbers of people 
that those words are intended to speak to. And going back even to colonial times, you have even fewer wealthy people, truly wealthy people, than you have today. And so this, these words spoke to the masses of citizens and would-be citizens, even those who were in chains at the time. It speaks to them, we the people. And it means that the masses who are struggling financially, getting up every day, going to work, doing their very best to keep a roof over their family's head, feeding them, keeping them safe, fed, warm, and dry. And that is the American dream. That guy, those people are the people who elected Donald John Trump as president of the United States. It was not in any way, shape, or form the elite, even though uh, the president is a billionaire, he is, uh, and, and, and I don't even know how to frame it, but to say that his blue collar shows through. Where he gets it, I don't know, but his blue collar shows through. His work ethic is like a blue collar worker. Punch in every day, show up early, stay late. That's the way my dad taught me to do it. Yeah, that's the way my dad taught me to do it. Show up early, stay late if you want to be successful. The president has that type of work ethic. Yeah, the president has that type of work ethic. And it is beginning over these last three years, it has shown to be the formula that America needs to be as great as she could ever be. And our creator knows that there have been times in our American history where we have been absolutely stellar in our greatness. We should tell our story to our children so that they can understand what their birthright is all about. Yeah, so that's the people. Those are the people who elected Donald John Trump to be president of the United States, and they confound the liberal elitist they we confound them oh yeah heck i was in walmart just the other day <laughs> i'm a walmart shopper oh, yeah i'm among those smelly walmart shoppers and count me in as one of those deplorables that hillary clinton was referring to absolutely it was those people it was us who elected Donald John Trump. And just to look at them 
On the surface, you wouldn't know that they would be a Trump voter. Hey, the average person bumps into me in the store or whatever or, you know, passes by me in the store, uh, the supermarket, whatever. Oh, they would uh, naturally assume that this middle-aged black guy, yeah, middle-aged, heck, man, uh, don't, haven't you heard that 70s, the new 50? Well, I'm not 70 yet, but but uh, I'm 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 mid middle age. If if 70 is the new 50, I'm I'm mid middle aged. Big time. And so, friends, um, this is why the president is going to be reelected by landslide. In my estimation, in my calculation, the way I'm seeing it and have predicted and have been saying this around the country these last couple of months, he's going to win by landslide in 2020. But don't you dare get complacent, get uh, lackadaisical now. You should be more motivated to get out and vote now to make sure that what we are anticipating together is to see a landslide victory for Donald John Trump. That's what we are looking forward to. All right? That's what we're looking forward to, is seeing a landslide victory for Donald John Trump. And I am a black voice for Trump letting all of you know that there will be a historic, even a, 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 para, a paradigm type of shift in the movement of vote in the black community toward Donald John Trump. Also, you will see more blacks stay home than you have seen in a long time. I certainly wish that would not be the case. I wish that they would turn out and find themselves voting for a president who has been the greatest champion that the working black man, woman, boy, or girl in this country has had. Latinos should do the same thing. Because he has been a great champion for you. And listen, forget about all of that stuff that the progressive liberals want you to believe about the president having concentration camps down on the border. Listen, this is to protect. If you're a Latino American, this is that move is to protect your interest. Yes. It is to protect your interest. You're here working hard and you have grunted and sweated along with everybody else to get to where you are. And you mean to tell me that you could possibly be in favor of illegals from Latin America coming in here and threatening your American job, threatening your American health standards, threatening your American government? If you are a legal Latino citizen of this country, the president's attitude toward our borders protects you. And I believe you know that. I believe you know that. 
can't wait till I finish my Spanish class. You know, I'll go Beto O'Rourke on everybody. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, it is true. And uh, he is the only one that can claim victory in Iowa. The President of the United States, he's the only one. And I, I see the hand of Almighty God moving in it. Now, the Iowa Democrats, of course, blame uh, the coding issue. Now, you want these people to run your country? Huh? <laughs> these people can't run a caucus. Are you hearing me? They can't run a caucus. Or so are you telling me that you want them to run your country? Please. <laughs> Please. This, my friends, is one of the finest hours that conservatives should enjoy. When I come back after uh, the break and uh, after the top of the, the next, at the beginning of the next hour, you want to stay with me because I have Vince Ellison, Vince E. Ellison going to be on with me and uh, the iron triangle is his book and um want to he's been on with my my good friend sean uh hannity and i understand hannity even treated him to dinner you know and uh that sort of thing sean's a great guy and uh, i'm glad that you're getting a chance to know him uh just the same when when we come back i want to talk a little bit about the real super bowl for conservatives that's about to occur the real super bowl for conservatives that's about to con- about to occur and uh <laughs> it's going to set it it will it has set uh sail uh, set those of us who are on board the ship it has set us sailing on that sea wondering just how the progressive socialist Democrats are going to try and spin the success of Trump's State State of the Union address. The President's State of the Union address will be absolutely epic. I can't wait to hear and see this State of the Union address. Hey, we're going to unpack that a little bit when uh, I come back with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Glad that you could come along with us as we build the Bridge to Conversation daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. T-H-E, the C-V, C.L. Bryant Show. Daily, 12 noon, 12.05 noon in the east until 2 p.m. Come along, come along with us and, of course, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your favorite device. And all of the shows are archived there. I'll be back right after these brief words. <laughs>
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Conservatives, get out the popcorn, get it ready, get it, get it, get it all set, uh, get your favorite. I like uh, Orville Rettenbacher's Ultimate Butter. <laughs> I had to plug it. I just, I think it's it's popcorn crack or something. You know, like it is so good, and. Um, but anyway, you know, if I'm not wanting to do my own, if you're not wanting to just do your own um, butter and salt and all that kind of stuff on your popcorn, Arvel Rettenbacher's Ultimate Butter is incredible. Got to tell you that. You need to try it. And tonight is one of those Ultimate Butter Popcorn Nights. Uh, you can't do it all the time. It'll kill you. But, <laughs> but tonight is one of those nights. Get out the popcorn and watch the Super Bowl for conservatives tonight. Uh, what's going to be super interesting, what's going to be so interesting, is uh, Nancy Pelosi and her crew. Uh, I cannot wait to see the expressions on the faces of the Democrats when the president takes the podium to the absolute roars <laughs> it's going to be amazing to the absolute roars of uh, the republican party while in the meanwhile in the meantime you'll see just smatterings maybe 3 or 4 here and there of the democrats clapping for the president the rest most likely will be sitting on their hands. And friends, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be shocked if the Democrats come out of their stupor, come out of their ignorant posture, and applaud this successful president of the United States. It would show, it would set them on the road to being big or at least bigger than they are, because right now they can't get much smaller than they have been. But it would at least put them on the road to being big again. Clapping robustly for the President of the United States. And even bigger, if they wanted to be even bigger, Come to the come to the news conference. Come call a news conference and just say it. Why don't you just say it? He beat us. <laughs> he 
he beat us. If they would say that, they could be big. They could be bigger. They're, they couldn't get smaller than they are right now. So if they would say that, they could be on the path to bigness. <laughs> again, it would take a long time to rehabilitate, but they could be on the path to it again. Now, friends, now hear this. And this is what's important. When the president starts to list and you can rest assured, he is going to take his time and list his accomplishments. I want you to make a mental note of looking at, and I'm certain that the cameras are going to pick out faces. Look at the expressions. They are, they are going to do their very best poker face tonight. You are going to see, in fact, I think that probably went out in a memo. Everybody poker faced tonight. Everybody. They are so stupid. Uh, Trump has been the right kind of Santa Claus. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Before we ever knew that it was your parents who worked hard to provide what's under that Christmas tree, as a child, you believed most likely in Santa Claus. But Santa Claus was a hardworking man or woman. Trump, our president, is the best example of Santa Claus in that sense. Because he is a hardworking president. And the goodies that are under the American Christmas tree right now, oh, hey, is because you have an, a, a, an administration. All of them. And I'm certainly glad to be a part of it as part of his uh, Black Voices for Trump Advisory Board member. I am very proud to be a part of that, of a movement in the Trump administration that is geared toward giving back the keys to success in this country. And that is competition. That is work. That is getting a job and then, then competing for uh, a better position on that job or even putting your resume out for a different and, and better job. That is what has happened in these last three years, that opportunity has been sparked again, my friends. It has been sparked again. And, and so this is why we must take advantage of that. Do you understand me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why we must take advantage of this now. And we cannot, we cannot possibly allow... Um, this 
president to be defeated by Democrats. Not, I don't care if they run, I don't care what Democrat it is. And Pete Buttigieg is scaring everybody in the Republican Party scares them. <laughs> no, 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 not in the Republican Party, in the Democrat Party. Everybody in the Democrat Party scares the Democrats. All the candidates in that party scare them. And the one that they were going to hitch their wagon to, he actually scares them the most. But they consider him the safest, even though he's on his way out. Yes, he is. Uncle Joe Biden is on his way out. I, I, I've, been, I've said it several months ago on one of my Real Talk episodes. It was one of my very uh, early Real Talk episodes uh, several months ago. I told all of you that Joe Biden was on his way out. And he is. No doubt about it. And Buttigieg scares them. Bernie Sanders scares them. Warren scares them. Klobuchar scares them. Uh, Biden is out. So... (laughs) In comes little Michael Bloomberg. He should scare them, but he's so seemingly sane compared to the rest of them that I have a feeling the Democrats are going to welcome the candidacy of Michael Bloomberg to the chagrin and the the yelping of Bernie Sanders. And Bernie should yelp. I'm telling you, Bernie should. If anybody should yelp, it should be Bernie. Just his, his beef, you know, I know that so many of us uh, who are ethnic uh, in this country, the blacks, the Italians, the Irish, uh, you know, even you Anglos, you're ethnic too. Uh, you know, we all have our particular gripes. Certain people in our certain ethnicities, they gripe about America this and America that, and, you know, how it has mistreated our ancestors and all this kind of stuff. Anybody in America can find some reason to gripe, uh, you know, about America if you're stupid enough to do that when you overlook all of the benefits of being a country that, it is the most exceptional on earth, and you get to be a citizen of it. You're, you know, don't complain. Make it better. Do your bit to make it better, but don't complain. But all of us find a way to gripe about something, but Bernie Sanders truly has something to gripe about. His gripe is just as real 
forgetting the blacks, forgetting the Irish, forgetting the uh, whoever, Italians and Jews who came to this country and met persecution and slavery and all that kind of thing. If anybody has a reason to gripe, it, I guess it would be the people we call the indigenous people. In other, other words, the people that were uh, here when the first European arrived. And, yeah, there was a, a slave or two, black slave or two with them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We've always been. We have always been here, too. Black folks have always been here. It, it, when the whites showed up, we were with them. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we weren't we weren't and we weren't in chains. We came along with them servants most of the time, but so did the the serfs. There were white serfs and bond servants who came here too. poor people have always been a part of America. The undertrodden have always been a part of America. But Bernie Sanders has a beef in the same vein as the American Indian. And that is. He's truly been mistreated in many ways at many points in time during his candidacy by his so-called party. Who uh, (laughs) they want to disinherit him so bad that they will run into the arms of Michael Bloomberg. I promise you they will. I promise you they will run into the arms of Michael Bloomberg. And Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, Klobuchar, and Buttigieg. Biden is gone. Biden's going to be gone. (laughs) Because I think... Uh, when it's all said and done, there's no need for him to continue. Okay? There's just, just no need for him to continue. So, they're going to cry, rich man foul. Billionaire bought his way in foul. We're only millionaires, and in, in comes this billionaire who indeed has bought his way into this fight. And Bloomberg is methodically corporate raiding the Democrat Party right now. He is methodically doing it. Let me tell you, there is going to be a Bloomberg hostile takeover of this party. You're hearing it right here first from me. And this is what uh, little Mike uh, Bloomberg, and and that's what the president calls him. Oh, you're going to hear it a lot, little Mike, from the president. Um, this is what Mike Bloomberg offers when as he comes on board. Mike Bloomberg offers the medium between Cortez and Pelosi. He's the medium between Cortez faction of that party and Pelosi. So Bloomberg is the perfect storm to happen for the Democrat Party because as Biden exits, in comes Mike Bloomberg. 
Yeah. In comes Mike Bloomberg. And I think that it will be the battle of the billionaires. And, of course, Bloomberg, I do believe, has more money than Trump. There's no question about it. But both are legitimate billionaires. After the first billion, uh, well, uh, you know, does it really matter? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I certainly hope to know. Um, as you hope to know, I certainly hope to know. But um, after the first billion, does it really matter? So we're headed for the battle, the battle of the billionaires in 2020. And if we look at even that record of Bloomberg, Mayor Bloomberg of New York City and Donald Trump businessman in New York City. I'm sure we're going to be able to point to some things that Donald Trump was able to get done in New York City that mayors did not get done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Donald John Trump, I think we do forget, was a mogul in NYT, in NYC. He was a mogul before he became president of the United States. In NYC. And he was able to get some things done there that not even mayors were able to get done. And so Bloomberg getting into this race, I don't know how uh, any anybody who became mayor of New York City has a very thick skin, but uh, this is not city politics. Oh, no. You know what to expect in city politics. Why? Because it's your city, right? Why, sure, it's your city. And so you know what to expect in city politics. And, of course, Bloomberg's, uh, you know, a billionaire. He's been around the world. He's got he's been around the block as far as business and business dealing is concerned. But um, I think that the rough and tumble of uh, real life politics is um, something somewhat of an entirely different animal than some board than any boardroom could possibly be. The treachery that goes on in national level politics is absolutely uh, incredible. It's off. It is. It is absolutely incredible what goes on international politics and so Bloomberg um, better bring his best game because it looks like he's going to be tapped for the guy because the Democrat party for the for the guy from the Democrat party because it doesn't look like they want Buttigieg everybody was just you know wondering what was he doing in claiming victory <laughs> somebody advised me go out and do it <laughs> that's what he did I'm CL We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with more of the C.L. Bryant Show. Vince E. Ellison, my guest after the hour. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you clean 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back on this great day in the USA. And it's all because of people just like you that make our nation as exceptional as it is. Why? Because we are an exceptional people. But it's our founding principles and our Judeo-Christian ethic that causes that to be the case and that causes us to be an exceptional people. Now, um, folks, as I asked you earlier, I mean, do you really want the Democrats running the country? They can't run a caucus. Uh, a phone app used in Iowa caucus slated for use in Nevada. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you can caucus. I mean, it's just amazing the type of technologies um, that exist that make it so easy to manipulate things. And I'm not really sure how all of that really works, but I just am skeptical. I don't know about you, but I'm very skeptical of placing our most uh, sacred citizen duties in the hands of these machines that can be hacked through um, social media gurus and and that type of thing. People who can manipulate that type. I, I just don't know. And um, so the Dems uh, I, up in Iowa, the Dems didn't let uh, the DHS test the app. Huh? And so this particular app may have um, caused some problem. It was some software issues. And it, it caused a series of problems. And so, friends, even though it's just easy and we've become dumbed down to it, there's no question about our dumbed down to this. Um, I, I don't know if we can trust this. Even if it takes two days, let's go back to the paper ballots. And let's have people watching this thing. Let's have poll watchers the way, it, you know, let's do this right. A win, let it be a win. And not something that's up in the air like this. But there's only one true thing to know about the Iowa caucus. And that is um, the president was, <laughs> no doubt, the clear and present winner on our side of the ledger. And uh, there are reasons to believe in uh, the, the 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 idea that Bernie Sanders is a you know a, a communist, a socialist, 
The president has called him a communist. But there's reasons to believe that. And reason number one, I mean, it, it, this is suspicious. I mean, if it quacks like a duck, you know, maybe maybe it is. Because this is quacking right here. This is quacking. Uh, Sanders honeymooned in Moscow, okay? Back in 1988. Uh, he went to the Soviet Union. It was very much, uh, the Soviet Union was a very, very, was a reality back in 1988. And Sanders uh, was not married there, but just a day after betrothing, uh, you know, marrying his, wife, his second and current wife, Jane, Sanders traveled to Moscow and uh, Leningrad, which is currently St. Petersburg. That, 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 that's that's kind of duck quacky, huh? It kind of quacks like a duck in a way. I mean, who goes to Moscow right after their wedding? Well, you know, Bernie Sanders did. Uh, he also paid a visit to Castro's Cuba when Castro was alive. Uh, one year later, um, Sanders made uh, one year, one year after going to Moscow. Bernie Sanders made a visit to Fidel Castro's Cuba. Uh, he was unable to score a meeting with Castro, but uh, nonetheless, he praised Castro as a very profound and very deep uh, revolutionary. Yeah. They're creating a very different value system than the one we are familiar with. So he spoke against his own country when he was down there in Cuba. And uh, <laughs> the truth, the fact of the matter is, I- I've not been to Cuba. And uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll be going to Cuba. But I do know people who have been to Cuba and you can get a good deal on a 1955 um, Ford Fairlane. <laughs> yeah, it may not be the best shape, but you can get them in Cuba. You can get just about any old car vintage that you want in Cuba. And... um Hey, I guess you can be happy with uh, making, I guess, it's, what is it, $20, $35 a, a month in Cuba, if that much. But that's where he went. That's where Bernie went um, two days after visiting Moscow. Um, he was a conscientious objector. Uh, Sanders uh, sought to avoid serving in Vietnam, which he opposed uh, as a conscientious objector, citing his Jewish background, he sought a draft deferment. Now, <laughs> I have many, many Jewish friends who have been in the military, served their country honorably. In fact, folks, one of the one regrets being the son of a soldier and the grandson of a soldier and the great grandson of a Spanish-American War uh, veteran, soldier. Um, I am saying to you that um, anybody can claim conscientious objector status. But Bernie has a track record of not liking his country which makes his claiming this type of status even more recognizable. Yeah. 
One of his heroes uh, was Eugene and versus Debs. Uh, one of Sanders' uh, heroes is Debs, uh, is socialist and trade unionist who ran five times for the presidency as a socialist in the early 20th century. In 1977, Sanders tried his hand as a filmmaker and produced a 30-minute documentary on Depp's. And um, the Washington Post was reported that when Sanders was mayor of Burlington, he hung Depp's portrait in City Hall. Yeah. So he's glorified. That's the honest thing about Bernie, though. We all know that Bernie is a socialist, but the president will beat Bernie Sanders like a drum and the Democrats know it. So they cannot possibly allow him to. Uh, <laughs> um, be the nominee. So Eugene Debs. Eugene V. Debs um, was a socialist and Bernie Sanders' hero. But Bernie's honest about it. Bernie's at least honest about it. He cheered uh, the Sandinistas. Oh, this is documented in 1985. This is three years before he went to um, Moscow, before he went to um St. Peter, which is now St. Petersburg. Um, he went and cheered. He was Leningrad. He cheered the Sandinistas in 1985. Yeah. He traveled. Um, Sanders was the only U.S. official to travel to Nicaragua to help the Sandinistas celebrate the sixth. <laughs> yeah. He was the only one to travel to Nicaragua to cheer on the Sandinistas. Bernie's a socialist. Yeah. He helped them celebrate the sixth anniversary of their revolutionary triumph over dictator. Anastasio Somoza. Somoza was brutal. Daniel Ortega uh, was, <laughs> he was Castro in Nicaragua. He cheered the Sandinistas. So when Trump calls him a communist, he means it. He, he, and I, I, you know, so the Dems are going to have to run away from Sanders. Bernie also sees his politics as revolutionary. He, he, he believes he is a revolutionary. He has staunchly anti-imperialist world views. And, you know, he believes America, along with Ocasio-Cortez, Omar, Presley, to be an imperialist nation. And he hates this nation for that. He does not like his nation for that. 
In May of 2019, New York Times review of papers from his time in, as Burlington mayor shows Sanders was trying to execute his own foreign policy as mayor, visiting with the leaders of U.S. rival nations. That's why he went to these countries. It stated the papers reflect his fervently anti-imperialist worldview. It also stated that Sanders made uh, support for Sandinistas a personal crusade as mayor. You had a mayor of an American city crusading for communist leftist in Nicaragua. What would he be? What would he do as president of the United States in the Oval Office? Uh, he would like to throw energy executives in jail. And right now, uh, we are the leading exporters. We export. We're the leading exporter in the world of energy, of oil. But. Bernie would like to throw energy executives in jail. He gets real soft when it comes to uh, Venezuela's uh, Nicolas Maduro. Sanders uh, antagonized Florida Democrats last February when, uh, during an interview with uh, Univision, uh, Jorge Ramos, who you got to, we'll talk about this. Uh, after the break coming up after the break i'm going to have on with me uh, someone that i certainly want you to stick around for um his name is vince e ellison and uh, you are really going to be thrilled once we get a chance to have this conversation with vince everett ellison he is now uh, author of uh, the book called The Inside the Iron Triangle. And uh, the Iron Triangle, the Iron Triangle. And we are going to talk to him about his thoughts on his new book. When we return with more of the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the planet. I'll be back. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation daily, 12.05 until 2, right here on the C.L. Bryant Show over Red State Talk, the most popular talk platform in the nation. Want to thank each and every one of you for coming along. Loving Liberty and Liberty Roundtable, thank you for welcoming us into your family, as well as the other terrestrials who do us in replay around the country. Friends, if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and right above there, you will see the Red State Talk billboard and every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up there on the billboard 24 hours a day. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. Hey, friends, we have uh, an opportunity here right now to expand the conversation in ways that we uh, may not have thought uh, in times past. But this conversation is one that I honestly believe will, in fact, enlighten and help all of us understand that there is another side to the conversation or to the discussion uh, that comes with unpackaging race. Help me welcome back to the show, or help me welcome for the first time to the show, a gentleman that I look forward to meeting, Vince Everett Ellison. The Iron Triangle is his book. Vince, welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you? I am fine today, Reverend. It is an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. You are an icon. Bless your heart. God, God be praised. To God be the glory for anything that comes my way. I have a feeling that you uh, feel the same way, too. You have an interesting background. Tell us about uh, Vince Ellison. Who is he? Well, Vince Ellison was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee. My father was a sharecropper. And I grew up understanding poverty, racism, the Jim Crow South. My father worked very, very hard and bought us out of uh, poverty. He worked through the insurance industry and brought us into the middle class. I have six brothers and sisters, and my father decided that... Uh, he wanted to praise God for our prosperity, so we started a gospel singing group, and we went throughout the South singing gospel music. Our singing group was called the Ellison Family. I went to college at the University of Memphis, played some football there. And as a young man, I started working in the prison system. And uh, it was there in the 90s that I saw uh, what uh, the Clinton crime bill was doing to the black community. You know, we started out in the 80s with like maybe three prisons in South Carolina, and it had been that way for Oh, decades, but before the 90s were over, we had over 40 prisons in South Carolina, and they were locking up young black men. I mean, uh, oh, they was just locking them up. And, and I thought we did overcome, Reverend Brian. I said, huh. I thought that, uh, you know, because I saw in my family that we had done well. I thought all black families were doing well, and I saw that we weren't. And wow. I started asking questions. You know, everybody told me it was those mean, dirty white Republicans. They were the ones doing it to black people, you know, coming from the black church and coming from the civic organizers. And I said, huh, I decided to start a nonprofit organization to nail these mean, dirty white Republicans to the wall. 
for doing this to my people. And when I left the prison system to start the nonprofit, I found out something pretty curious. When I went to the black community, I didn't see any white Republicans. I I saw a leprechaun before I saw a white Republican, right? But I was running into black Democrats all over the place. And the the ones I was really running into, I found that when I saw some mess started, usually you had these three entities hanging around. This is not this is not a blanket indictment, but most of these people were hanging around, and they were the, the most black preachers and black civic organizers and black politicians. As I said again, <laughs> there are good black preachers. You're one of them. You're one of them. <laughs> Let me say this, Vince. Um, you know, you're right on point uh, as far as it's concerned. Democrats had co-opted the black church years before Republicans ever knew we existed. But, but All right, now you better say it. Now you oh, better say it, They really did. And, and, and the amazing thing, Vince, and, and you know this coming from the South, the amazing mm-hmm. thing is, and, and I, I want to talk with you about this uh, both on, on the air and I want to talk with you about this off air. I have mm-hmm. found this to be so that uh, black Southerners and white Southerners, since we have to speak in colors here, yeah, uh, yeah. really understand uh, America and each other mm-hmm. much better than blacks and whites in other parts of this country who did not come through that Southern experience. I'm a Southerner myself. What do you right. say about that? What do you say about oh, that I, relationship? I, I think you're 100% correct. What, what we had, see, and this is where it comes in, the Iron Triangle. I call the Iron Triangle these three entities, the black preacher, the black civic organizer, the black politician. And white Northern liberals are the ones that, that grab these people and use them to cause discord amongst black and white Christians. Now, their job is to keep us separated because they know that if black and white Christians ever come together, we'll change not just this country but the world. So the Northeastern liberals, they find that they co-opted our church, as you said. They co-opted our, our, our black civic organizations, NAACP, SELC, Black Lives Matter, you name them, Rainbow Coalition, and they've always had the black politician. And they put them in the black community under their control. You know about street money, souls to the polls, all that. And they control them and they tell them, we want one thing from you, and only one thing, the black vote. If you have to keep them under control, you have to keep them poor, ignorant, fighting one another, and they control the black community like a rat in a skinner box. And these three entities are the ones that are under the control of it, and I call them the Iron Triangle. My book goes into great detail from slavery up until now and shows how, with every iteration, the Democratic Party has had to have a way to find a way to murder black people, whether it was a slave trade, whether it was Jim Crow and the lynchings, or whether it's with abortion now. Their leadership is a cabal of psychopaths that have to murder people, and they have killed since 1800, over 60 million black people. This is fact, and I have it in my book. It is irrefutable. They kill more black people than Stalin killed uh, 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 Russians, more than Hitler killed Germans. They've been killing us, and they are still killing us. Wow. And the Iron Triangle and North, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, liberals in the Democratic Party have control of the black community. And people like you and I are the only ones that have the ability go in and break this up and bring about this reconciliation between black and white white Christians because, as I said in my book, white Christian conservatives have nothing more to apologize for 
Let me say that again. White Christian conservatives have nothing more to apologize for. Everything that's wrong in the black community right now can be fixed in the black community. We are electing the people that are blowing our brains out. Every drug corner, every bad school, every prostitute house, every abortion clinic is controlled by the Democrat Party. Every judge, every police officer that's beating a black man down, every 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 jail, every prison is controlled by them. They are responsible for everything that's going on in our community. Yet, we keep electing them because we have gotten to a point where there's such a mind control that we are having a difficult time breaking that. And the only thing that will break it, and you know this, Reverend, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And you know what? I am so uh, refreshed to hear you articulate that. And the way that you have um, for years now, um, what has been occurring and uh, we made a film about it. And now we mm-hmm. have on Vince Everett, uh, who Ellison, who is make it has written a book about it. Friends, this is what changes the course and changes the direction of a people who, in fact, have been fooled for the last 60 years, for sure. Now, Vince, when we look at what you uh, said there about electing this type of leadership, let me ask you this. When we look at a, 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 a statesman, or not a statesman, but a an elected official like Elijah Cummings, I'm not speaking ill of the dead, uh, right. but, but I'm saying this. The people in Baltimore... They reelected and reelected uh, Cummings to office over a 25, nearly 25 year period of time. But yet their city was deteriorating. The inner city, the black community was deteriorating under this black legislator. My question to you is this. What what's wrong with calling out a person in office, whether they're black or white? If they're not doing a good job, what's racist about that? Talk to us about it. There's, there's nothing at all racist about it. What we And Donald Trump is one of the few people that have ever done it. The problem that we have right now is, is um, uh, the, the Republican Party in many ways has stopped going into those areas and fighting for the vote. When you have a majority black district like Cummings, that's, oh God, 90% Democrat, I would say, Whoever runs against Elijah Cummings in that district as a Republican, believe me, Reverend Bryant, will not get a dime from the party. You don't get any help whatsoever. Nothing. And, and so Elijah Cummings and the Democrats in that area can go in there and say the most vile, vicious things about Republicans. And they're never countered because there's no Republican running against them. And if he is running, the poor guy only has $25 in the bank against Elijah Cummings, $15 million. And he's not heard. So they can call Republicans racist. They can call them bile. They can call them haters of black people. They can call them anything. And because we are sequestered in one area, we get all our information from black radio and black television. And, and then we're listening from you know everybody from the, from the, from the doctor that bursts into the world to the undertaker that batteries you in the black community is a Democrat. And there's a tremendous amount of pressure to conform. I know you felt it. I felt it. I've been called some of the most vile names since I've been on uh, 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 radio and TV, and uh, my book has come out. You can, and I know you know what I'm talking about. 
these people will call us everything but a child of God, and it takes all it takes a tremendous amount of of faith and courage to step out in front of a lot of people that want you dead and tell them the truth. Because they tell you if you come out, you better get ready. Because we're going to rip the skin off of you, and you step into that fire anyway. You're to be you're to be commended because you've been in it now for the last God knows I don't know how many years, and you've been taking a lot of hits, a lot of them, and you're still standing. You got my respect because I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, and I know you're fighting against some of the meanest, low downest, dirtiest people that walk the face of this earth, and they take no prisoners. God has His hands on you. He's kept you protected because that's all you could survive. Bless your heart for that. Um, bless your heart for that. And to God be the glory. Let me share this with all of you. Um, when you hear this conversation, you are hearing a conversation that must be had in this nation now. And it is time for men and women of courage to stand up. Ten years ago, uh, when I spoke to, it was 1.5 million folks that uh, this old boy from Louisiana was able to speak to. And that's what started this trek uh, for me uh, then and uh, Vince. And um, what I have been able to witness is that the seeds that we were able to plant I am so proud to look and see what's coming up. Men like yourself who are doing what you are doing. Stay the course. Do not quit the course. Regardless of what they're going to call you, they're going to talk about you anyway. So stay the stay the course. But Vince, when I when I come back, we have about four minutes left in this segment. Why don't you stay with me through the break? Um, okay. When, when I uh, come back, I want to talk about something that um, we covered in uh, our film, Runaway Slave, and I think you touch on In the Iron Triangle, and we might need to talk, we'll talk offline about, uh, about some possibilities that uh, uh, we, can, we can do. But, uh, but just the same, the question was, have we overcome? As uh, black folks, I believe that uh, I am living what Dr. King had wanted for us to live. However, I see so many people criticize the achievements that are available and the opportunities that are available for black folks. Let's start this conversation now. What do you say to that? I think that what we've done, the biggest mistake we made is that we, in many ways, we traded our faith in Jesus Christ and faith in, in, in the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party stands against so many things that Jesus Christ tells us that we should not stand for as a people of God. He tells us that uh, I lay before you this day, uh, uh, life and death, blessed and curses, choose life so the children may live. But they, the Democrat Party has laid before us schools that our children can't pray and told them we have to go there and we go. They laid before us abortion and told us to kill our own flesh and blood and we do it. They laid before us a, a, a society Shield the crime, and they give us in, 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 they give us incentives to kick the father out of the house, and we kick him out. And what does that do to our people? It lays before the death, death. That's death politics. We are making choices here. We are making choices, and they're giving us backwards incentives to leave our God. These are not good people. One thing that we know, Pastor, and I wanted to talk to you into knowing that, that Jesus exists and God exists. We Amen. always say that. But, but we will argue about whether or not Satan exists. 
People argue that point. He does exist, and he walks this earth to do nothing but harm. He cannot sleep until he kills people. And when you look at Satan and you determine who he might be, what do you think he'd be doing? Would he be setting up schools that children can pray? Or would he be setting up schools where children couldn't pray? Would he be setting up uh, uh, hospitals to take care of children? Or would he be setting up abortion claims to kill them? Would he be setting up the, the Godhead family of the man, the, the uh, uh, wife and the child? Or would he be set tearing down the family so that he could go in and rip up everything that we all believe in? One party is doing it right and the other one is doing it wrong. We have to decide. Are we going to follow a man of God? And if we follow, if we follow God, we'll get his blessing. If we follow man, we'll get the curse. Preach, we man. can overcome just by making one decision. Preach, Anytime man. We want to do it. And anytime we want, it can be made today, and you'll see the blessings of God rain down on you. This isn't hard. We are being told a lie over and over and over and over again. And I, for one, am tired of it. I fear no man on this earth, nor any devil in hell. I'm an heir of Jesus Christ. I cannot be a victim. Don't call me one. I refuse to hear it. I am going to return with Vince E. Allison when the C.L. Bryant show comes back. Hey, friends, I tell you what, I am enjoying this so much. And when I return with Vince E. Ellison, we're going to give you uh, an opportunity to find out how you can get him to a place uh, where you'd like him to come and speak to you and share with you his life story and to share with you uh, his work, uh, The Iron Triangle, the book. Uh, We're going to find out how to engage with him on social media when we return with more of the C.L. Bryant show. On the other side of the break, I want to talk to Vince about Jesus Christ, the revolutionary, and do uh, we as Christians understand uh, who he was? I talked to so many pastors across the country and um, Christian leaders across the country who are reluctant to get themselves involved in anything called politics. They don't want nothing to do with that. But we're going to talk about that with Vince E. Edwards when we return. I'm sure that he and I have a viewpoint on this that very well might cause you to think, and we'll get involved with thinking about it when the C.L. Bryant Show returns right after these words. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Are lifted high 
CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Download free the CL Bryant Show app onto your favorite device, and uh, all the shows are archived there. So uh, be certain to uh, have that on your favorite device. The T H E C L Bryant Show app. It's free in your app store, and of course, follow me on Twitter at Rev R E V. C.L. Bryant. And uh, my uh, special guest here today, it's been absolutely great having him on. Uh, Got to have, have him back. Got to get Michelle to get him back for me uh, often. The Iron Triangle, the author, is on with me, Vince E. Ellison. And uh, we were talking about uh, things that uh, many times are overlooked and talked around but never about. And uh, Vince Ellison is someone I think that you should get out to where you are. Yeah, let him uh, have a little conversation with your folks at your civic organization, your church, what have you. Vince, tell the folks how to get in touch with you and how to get you to where they are. Uh, I have a um, website. Go through this Iron Triangle book dot com. IronTriangleBook.com. I have I write blogs there. I have a way that you can contact me there. You can leave uh, messages uh, and, and can contact me there. Where you can purchase my book there. You can also purchase the book on Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. You can go to uh, Barnes and Noble Bookstores. It's there. Uh, but yeah, you can go to the best way to contact me is go to IronTriangleBook.com. And there's a lot of things there for you. You can see some of my pantses on um, a, lot of, a lot of the other shows that I've been on, and uh, click on my blogs, and and you'll see excerpts from my book. You'll see a see a picture of me. You can use that to get rodents at your house if you ever need to get the rodents out and do that picture. But uh, that's how you can you can get in contact with me. I remember Iron Triangle Book dot com. Vince, um, I uh, it's preach a lot in pulpits and sometimes i'm i'm asked back sometimes i'm not and the reason why uh is is this um i believe that uh jesus christ uh came to take on the sanhedrin uh, council the pharisees and the sadducees and they were the political and religious uh structure of that day for the Jews, for the Hebrews. And Jesus Christ came in my estimation, in my ministry, the way I minister it, to take them on. He took them on head on. It got him crucified, got him crucified. And Vince, what I say from pulpit sometimes, and this is what gets me not invited back, is that what preachers many times are afraid of is the crucifixion. And, uh, and and all the time we think that we're bearing our cross, taking up our cross and following him. But that cross means that sometimes we are going to face the nails of crucifixion. And what we fail to see is the resurrection, though. Do bl- my, my question for you is, have black preachers, preachers in general across this country... American pastors, preachers, have we actually missed the real call of Christ on the lives of citizens in this nation? Talk to us about it. 
Well, Jesus talked about that. that he uh, told his disciples, he said that some are going to come in my name and they're going to do mighty works. They're going to do such great works that they're going to make a fool the make a fool the very elect. But I will tell them, depart from me. I know you're not, you're doing iniquity. His disciples asked the question, they said, Lord, how will we know them if they're going to do these great works? I mean, they could fool the very elect. How are we going to know them? And Jesus gave them a test. He said, by their fruits. He didn't say about their works. He didn't say about what they say. He said, he said by what by their results, by their fruits. He said, you cannot get good fruit from a rotten tree, nor can you get rotten fruit from a good tree. Each tree will bear its own fruit. We look at the black community, and we are number one in crime. We're number one in family breakdown. We're number one in in, 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 in going to prison. We are the last when it comes to, 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 to income, when it comes to wealth, when it comes to life expectancy. That is rotten fruit. And if the fruit is rotten, the metric that Jesus left for us was that the tree was rotten. And if you have a rotten, if, if you have rotten tree, you get rotten fruit. Therefore, from what Jesus Christ has said, our tree is rotten to the core, and the head of that tree is the black church. And in many ways, it has become an apostate church. Now, you know that I know, Reverend Brian. There is no such thing as a black church. There's only one church, Church of Jesus Christ, period. So the name by itself shows you it's an error. The black church is not supposed to exist in that mode. The black preacher is not supposed to exist in that mode. He's just the preacher of Jesus Christ. But they become so enamored with politics that when you see a black Baptist minister whose discipline tells him that abortion is against the will of God, it's against what we teach. That's what it says. Right. In his discipline. Yet he will go out and support a politician that supports abortion up until the ninth month. Right. Which is nothing but murder. Right. You and- will see in his discipline that he's supposed to support uh, that's a, 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 a community where you're supposed to pray to God anytime you want to pray without ceasing. Yet he will support a politician that will keep prayer out of schools and keep people from praying in the public square and support organizations that are trying to take taxes from churches. I mean, the tax, tax exemption from churches if churches do not go and do liberal things, the liberal things that they want them to do. You have black preachers doing that. Absolutely. They're doing, they are undercutting their own community, they're taking the spirit of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit out of the church because they become apostate. Absolutely. They're going to pay for it. Absolutely. And you know what, uh, Vince, uh, the thing to understand uh, as well, to just tag along with what you're saying, this is how Barack Obama became president of the United States right. it is it exactly is right. is that yeah. type of blindness and uh, it was intentional uh, to the things that he was saying let me then ask you this and and see if we can bring this around to to our president uh, President Donald John Trump at this point in time you were talking about uh, how uh, you will know them by their fruits and when I think about these last three years 
And uh, when the president was running, uh, was campaigning, I was on the trail with him. In fact, uh, you were with our good friend, uh, Sean, Sean Hannity, my, my very good friend, uh, Sean. And uh, we were with Sean, the president, uh, candidate Trump at that time, um, and Sean, myself, and Daryl uh, Scott, pre- Pastor Scott. Uh, we're at, at Pastor Scott's church. And um, the president said this. He said to black America, whether you vote for me or not, I will be your greatest champion. And Vince, he has made that promise. He has kept that promise. Are we seeing the fruits from a tree that's good? Talk to us. Yes, 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 we are. You cannot deny it. Jesus said you'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. And Jesus is not a liar. He said, God cannot lie. And what you're seeing, the lowest unemployment rate in black American history, uh, the highest wage increases in black American history. Uh, 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 you're seeing him doing criminal justice reform, something no other president has done before him. He's just been locking us up. He's trying, finding tooth and nail to get school choice. And I heard him say that he's going to fix it where no parent would be forced to send their child to a failing school. Now, Reverend Brown, how could you be against something like that? How could you, if these people, you know, there are schools in Baltimore right now, there are five schools, but not one child is proficient in reading and math. Yet, they're going to send children back to those schools every single solitary year, putting them in, in a state where they cannot work, they cannot get a living, and all they can do the rest of their life is hustle, sell drugs, and they're doing it every year. There's a persecution of Christians by the left, especially black Christians. They're trying to take away their right to practice their religion have children, they have them locked up in in, 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 in in ghetto situations where they can't get out. They have them under a state of mind control. They're locking up their men. Uh, they're aborting the children. This is what the left is doing to the black community under the auspices of the Iron Triangle. And this is why I call it the Iron Triangle, and I call them traitors. They are traitors in our midst, and the only way that we are going to get rid of them is that we first have to recognize who the traitors are. It's like, I, I always like, I like watching the old Godfather movies. So Michael Corleone? Yes. <laughs> and he would, he would, he would, he would, he would, he would say, I'll need to find the traitor that's in my family. Yeah. The true enemy is might get shown his face. Michael knows that before you go any further, we have to stop everything and find the traitor. Because if not, he's going to undermine me and undermine me and undermine me until I stop him. And the amazing thing, uh, Vince, when we think about and uh, that Francis Ford uh, uh, Coppola movie, and we think about uh, the lesson that is found in that cinema, cinematic uh, masterpiece, uh, Michael also said the enemy is close to us. And and, and that's that's the thing that uh, uh, has plagued so many in the black community is that the enemy was close to us. He's always close. He's Michael's brother, wasn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything he was doing, and it it destroyed him when he found it out, because he was telling them everything. He knew everything. He had his intimacies, and that's how smart the devil is. Oh, he ain't going to send somebody else in here that you can recognize. He's going to have that joker right next door to you. He's going to have your friend right next to you. And we found it. You know your history. You know about Caesar and Brutus. You yeah. know about Jesus and Judas? Yeah. You know about George Washington and Benedict Arnold? Right. Yeah. Right. And I was in the Iron Triangle, right in our community. You don't have to go outside of the white communities, gated, gated uh, areas to find the traitors. They're never there. They are inside. And when you look around, 
and you say, you know, and I look for that third person. If you and your wife arguing all the time about a mess, but there's a third person living with you, and you say, I'm dropping the problem. They're the one. Yeah. Somebody, which man, you, that, you know, Satan had that serpent in the garden. And he's doing fine. Here comes that serpent. Which man in the ear? That's your iron triangle. Wow. They, 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 they hate it when they see a black and a white Christian talking. Now, see, when they see me out there talking with Sean Hannity, you talking with Sean Hannity, and you're out there talking with white folks, they're going to they call you every day because they don't want us to come together. Wow. They're going to try to make an example. They're going to try to make an example. My book talks about this in great detail, but it also tells the white community, white Christian conservatives, it's written mostly for them, how it's a, it's a primer. Because I've been asked all my life, just like you, Pastor Ryan, why do Christian black people vote for an anti-Christian, immoral Democrat party that's been doing nothing but killing them for the past six years. They don't understand it. And, and then they say, if we try to talk to them, we're called racist, we're called this and that, therefore we just kind of ignore it. We, we have to just deal with the situation. I wrote this book to explain to them how you can talk to a black friend of yours, how you can use my book as a conversation starter. I start my book with a quote from Lyndon Johnson. We said, I'm going to have them inwards voting Democrats for the next 200 years. Yeah. And then when Nancy Pelosi says, uh, uh, said this last year that, uh, about uh, minority districts, she said, you can choose to drink a glass of water. She said, we got these districts going to be such control that you can put a D in front of this glass of water and it'll win. And it shows the control, this arrogant control they have of black people and that they care, they, they care nothing about them because they set up a community. Schools are so bad, they will send a dog to them, their own dog. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. I know. And the only thing, only thing these people have going, and and before we uh, end our interview, we want you to give again uh, how to get a hold of you and how to get a hold of your book. Uh, And my guess is irontrianglebook.com, and you'll find all that information there. And I'm going to leave you with this. My grandfather believes that the white man's ice was colder. He believed that his, 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 his fire was hotter. And when I asked him about it before he died, he told me, he said, oh, white folks didn't tell me that. It was black people that told me that. He <laughs> said, I learned to hate myself from my own people. And that's what we're going to change, Reverend Brian. You and you and I are going to work together, and I'm going to take a special interest and a special pride and have the part in the demise of the Iron Triangle. Bless your heart, man. I want to thank you uh, for being on with me today. It has been an absolute uh, pleasure, and I trust uh, for the audience around the country, globally even, uh, that they uh, have heard and understood and have been edified. Uh, Again, uh, Vince E. Ellison, The Iron Triangle, Get it. And Vince, we'll have you back soon. Michelle, send over his contact uh, to me so that we can hook up offline. God bless and keep you, man. Fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Again, thank you for being on. I love you. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you very much. God bless you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And that was my uh, new friend. (laughs) Yeah, that's my new friend, uh, Vince Ellison, Vince Ellison. And I want to thank uh, my producer, Michelle, for hooking that up uh, for me.
Yeah. Yeah. There are uh, folks who don't mind saying it. Huh? And can say it. Articulate it. In ways that you understand that Americans, whether they're black, white, or what have you, they see the the hustle. They see, you know, the games that's being played. Yes. And then when we get people like Vince on with me, and we're able to talk like that, that's the conversation that need to be had. Are you hearing me? That's the conversation that need to be had. (laughs) You know what? It's the conversation that Democrats need to hear. Not just, not every American. Oh, hey, whenever I show up, uh, you know, to speak or whatever, we, we, we talk this. But 10 years ago in America, 10 years ago in America, now it may, may seem like uh, everything would be okay. But back in 2010, and 2009, you know, in, in 2009, And we had crossed into another uh, millennium, another another century, rather. Well, yeah, we crossed into another millennium. (laughs) Hard to think that I'm a product. I'm I'm a product of two millennia's, 1900s and the 2000s. Wow. But it was different to speak out and say what was on your mind. And when I was doing it 10 years ago, let me tell you, the the worst I was treated was by my own, but by people who look like me. Let me say it like that. People who look like me. Because I soon found out the folks that uh, I had polit- most political in common with and American in common with, America in common with, as far as the way I wanted to approach and succeed in this country, they didn't necessarily look like me. At least they didn't act like it. I'll be back. Home stretch. C.L. Bryant show when I return. Don't go anywhere. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa. Play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. 
concern to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Glad that you've been with me here these last um, few uh, last couple of hours we've been together. And if you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant show, be sure to download free the CL Bryant show. And uh, all the shows are archived there and certainly want you to um, uh, be able to uh, check in on some of the great topics that we uh, have and have had for the last five years uh, here on the C.L. Bryant show when I decided to do uh, radio. The president's approval rating uh, Gallup uh, is showing has hit a record 49 percent. He's beginning to peak at the right time under the most adverse of circumstances. The only question that uh, must be asked is, would Trump's approval rating be somewhere at 65 if, in fact, he was not constantly being berated under constant barrage attack from the liberal media, even under the type of pounding that he has endured, his approval rating (laughs) is 49%. And so you know it's over 50. You know it's over 50. It's closer to 55, and it would be 65 if he wasn't under constant attack. I'm telling you, and I have been telling you, I'm going to say it again. You folks are in for a tsunami landslide victory. The Democrats are so scared. They are so afraid that this president is, you see, you see that the, the problem that they have is this. The problem that the Democrats have is this. Uh, if Trump wins handily, and I'm talking land, I believe landslide. But if he wins handily, just wins. If he wins handily, as 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 well as he won against Hillary, at least that good. And I know it's going to be better than that. Um, then the whole world will know that everything the Democrats had, I mean, you know, you would have to be a nitwit to say anything positive 
about what the Democrats have been doing in the past three years. If Trump wins in November handily, anyone coming behind that win and saying anything negative about the president as far as the way Democrats have been talking lately, impeachment and all. Are you kidding me? You would be you would have to be a prize fool. And this is what scares them the most. Is that. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is what scares them the most. Is that the crow they're going to have to eat is not going to be seasoned. (laughs) There will be no salt, no pepper, no hot sauce anywhere to put on the type of crow for them to eat in November of 2020. There won't be any crow. There won't be any seasoning for that crow. And this is their greatest fear. So the only thing that they know how to do, the only thing they can do, possibly do, is to try and make him look small. But the smaller they try to make him look, the larger he gets. He is dumbfounding them. And along with you, they don't realize, they don't realize that you deplorables, you wall, you, you smelly Walmart shoppers, you folks, you folks are the ones who elected this president. And you folks, and more along with you who weren't with you, elected this president. That is the genius of these words, we the people. Citizens from all walks of American life elected this president. Americans who have money, Americans who don't have money, Americans who's in the middle and, uh, you know, and so forth. You know, they elected this president. And if the Democrats have made one mistake, it is underestimating the common sense of the American people. They are dumbfounded. They cannot understand why and how this is happening. They don't they can't understand it. But they're seeing it with their own eyes and they're trying their very best to be in denial. Not the river. <laughs> But they are in denial, the Democrats are. That's the only way that they can uh, keep from jumping off the bridge. (laughs) That they have to deny that this is happening. 
they have to tell themselves that somehow uh, the president is evil. They have to deny that this is happening in order to keep themselves from jumping off the bridge. I think Democrats would jump if they couldn't deny. They would jump. Well, um, this is something that's taking place, too, and we've lost sight of all of this since we've been lost in this um, impeachment debacle and you know, the Russian uh, behind every tree type thing and Trump being back there with them. Uh, we've, we've lost all we've lost all, all, all sight of what our American business is about. The president has remained focused, but we. We have lost sight. The president has remained focused. And, you know, you have to you have to applaud. You have to admire that because through it all. Through it all, he's still taking care of business. And this is some of the business that uh, needs to be taken care of. Like, like the U.S. government has um, flown more than 450 undocumented, undocumented aliens. You can call them migrants if you want. Detained at the southern border to the center of Mexico amid the resumption of the interior uh the Interior Repatriation Initiative and a recent increase in illegal uh, immigration. U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, announced via Twitter. They said since December 19, um, the ICE has returned more than 450 Mexican nationals to Guadalajara as part of the Interior Repatriation Initiative. ICE will continue to apprehend and remove those who illegally cross the border. Now, guess what you're you're not hearing also? You're not hearing a lot, anyway. You're not hearing the rabbit foaming at the mouth. Um uh, you know. <laughs> talk against ICE and border border patrol agencies that you did when we weren't focused on impeachment and the Russian collusion, which both were hoaxes. And the feigned outrage against us protecting our border, that was, was a hoax too. It's just something for the Democrats to do, though, since they didn't have anything else to do uh, when it came to trying to uh, to being against the policies of this president. Oh yeah, so they they brought up um, you know the in in prison the um, you know the Stalag thirteen type stuff. That's what's supposed to be going on concentration camp type stuff that was supposed to be going on at the southern border. Ocasio Cortez uh, was trying to lead that 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 you know, conversation. But it was so stupid that even she sort of dropped it. Although she'll get back on that soapbox anytime. She she can't help herself. <laughs> How is it possible that through it all, the president's still standing and his approval rating is way up? Well, the Super Bowl for 
um, conservatives occurs in the State of the Union address. When you run back through it and look back through it and all of that, be sure to engage and look at the faces <laughs> of the Democrats that will be in the room, that, that, that were in the room, that, that were there. The memo, I'm sure, went out early this morning saying to them to have on their best poker face and do not break break ranks with Speaker Pelosi, regardless of what occurs. But just think, folks, just think. Next year at this very time in February, there may not be a Speaker Pelosi because Speaker Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi announces that she's stepping down from her seat in as house in house of representatives because she lost big time the house of representatives back to Republicans next year. This time we might not even be talking about Speaker Pelosi, because she will be a thing of the past next year, this time. Also, uh, next year, this time, um, we'll be talking about uh, a larger majority in the Senate and how we can move forward. But it's all up to you. It all depends on you and what you do. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, friends, I want you to know that my heartfelt desire is that God will bless and keep you all. Thank you.